Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I'm Scott Soshman. And I'm Evan Novi williams and you're listening to a 2021 NFL kickoff edition of the Sportacast. Nicely done, Evan. People know where we're going. You had oomph. Yeah, it was a, a, a staccato punctuated. I love it. I love it. And our guest is Mr. Mark Gannis. Mark with a C, right? How, how many people spell it with a K? Was that a, was that a uh, problem I, for you in school? It still is a problem for me. Um, you know, I can't even get a birth certificate now because I have three different first names with different spellings. So it's it's always been a problem. By the way, I have to agree with you. Evan's Evans' oomph was fantastic in that opening. <laughs> he he sometimes misses the oomph, and I have to chastise. You know, it, it can happen when you're in your parents' basement, as he is. You, you can just fall into a lull. But I'm glad. I think it's because you're with us, Mark. And you know, I if my guess is, I mean, I mentioned it, but I think Evan would have gotten there by himself because you know you got to put a nice headline on these things that attract eyeballs. And somewhere in there, it's going to say NFL's 33rd owner because you are widely considered the NFL's 33rd owner. Of course, for people who are not un- or are unfamiliar with the NFL, there are 32 teams. So you'd be like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, you're just you're in the group, my man. When there's owners meetings, when there's you're in the group, you're you're Roger Goodell confidant. How does one become the 33rd NFL owner? I'm not even sure what what being the 33rd NFL owner gets you. I mean, you know, you still have to pay for your popcorn and your soft drinks, but uh, it's, it's a, I'm very fortunate that over the years, um, the league and many of the owners uh, have become really great friends, uh, not just business associates. And uh, we've been through a lot of, a lot together over a 30 year period. Uh, And I've seen a lot from, from the inside. And these are really good people who are fantastic at what they do, and they provide something vital to our country and and really to large parts of the world, never more vital than it was last year during a COVID year when the NFL coming back and playing every Sunday was absolutely necessary for the psyche of our nation. And as far as me, they as long as they allow me in, I'll I'll go. And when they decide they don't want to, which I'm surprised they haven't already, uh, then I, I will no longer be around. <laughs> Any minute now, Bigfoot in tush. I feel it. No, I'm I, I, I kid. But you know what just scares the bejesus out of me? You said 30 years ago, and I just had a birthday, so I'm I you know I know darn well how old I am. But you said 30 years ago. To me, you say 30 years ago. 
that better be like 1970, right? You know, the 1970s. And that's 1990. 1990, 1990 is 30 years yeah. ago. Mark, what is happening? If you can, and I know you can wax poetic and this could go a long time, but give me your best 30 second clip. If I say to you, Mark, NFL 1990 to now, what it has become, this dominant, most visible and valuable sports league. Give me that 30,000 foot overview. The NFL figured out very early on uh, with Pete Rozelle and then Paul Tagliabue and then Roger Goodell that there were three main characteristics that could make a tremendous sports league. First, broadcasting. Everything was focused on broadcasting the games, putting the games up on the bird, getting it out in people's homes, and, put, and giving it to people in ways that they've never seen any live event broadcast before. They picked great partners in the networks. When they went with Fox, people thought they were crazy, and it turned out to be an absolutely brilliant, game-changing decision on their part. There'd Not be no Simpsons without the NFL. Well, you know, the Simpsons, I think, might have come around even without the NFL. But, but they, they were like a little they, short in the Tracy Ullman show, though. Tracy, that's exactly right. I'm, I was about to go to Tracy Ullman. Old, old people know this. Eb, Eben is looking <laughs> at us saying, what the hell are those guys talking about? Who Tracy the is Tracy Ullman? <laughs> See, he has all that vim and vigor at the start of the show, but he has no idea who Tracy Ullman is. I will send him to the Google to find out, and anybody else who doesn't know who Tracy Ullman is, go check it out. What, did you hire Evan when he was a teenager? Is that what they, you know? <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like when I hired Evan, I was young, but I mean, I don't remember when that was anymore. So uh, I was young then too. You? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's so first was broadcasting. The second that that the NFL determined is that they were going to have the owners, the parties who have skin in the game, make the decisions, not staff not corporations, not CEOs, but the owners themselves. I cannot tell you how vital it's, it's subtle, but I cannot tell you how vital that has been to the NFL success. Is that, that different than what, how other leagues operate? Absolutely. It is. It it is, is yeah, very explain, explain that. Yeah. So the other leagues allow corporate ownership. The other leagues allow team presidents to come in. The other leagues allow more uh, group ownership and have for a long, long time. So you'd have, you know, you may have, you know, the NBA, they call them governors, the NHL governors. In baseball, it's the control, it's the control owner. But what you have had is you've had a lot of people who don't have the skin in the game that the NFL owners do, making decisions for the league. And as as wonderful as those people are and as smart as they are, it that creates a bit of a of a distance. Whereas if you're really in it and your committees are, are very important, as they have been in the NFL, and they're all ownership made up of owners, uh, and those are the people that are making the decisions and digging into the details, um, that has, it, it has led to, for the most part, really great decision making that can look m longer term rather than shorter term. Um, so that is a second really important factor. And the third was was coming to a partnership with the players. And this was one of the hardest things to do uh, because there were, you know, owners, some, some of the owners uh, 30 years ago were old school. Um, the, the, the players were employees. Um, they were, you know, they came in, they, 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 they left. You know, that's just, it was, it was a completely different era uh, before. 
and coming to the conclusion and realizing that the way to elevate was to make the players the partners of, of, the, of the game and the business, those three factors are really what elevated the NFL uh, beyond other sports. And frankly, it is the most valuable broadcasting property in the country, bar none. Movies, television, comedies, it doesn't news, it doesn't matter what it is, the NFL is atop the ratings. There were some crazy statistics that the NFL gets 94, the top 100 rated shows uh, in a given year. Uh, the Super Bowl gets double and triple the next highest, where we've gotten these other event shows like the Oscars or the, or the Grammys or the Emmys that have gone down and down and down. The NFL's Super Bowl uh, has gone up. Think about this. The NFL preseason game did better ratings than playoff games for other sports. It's it's, it's a juggernaut, and it's because of, I believe, those are the three primary reasons. What a great question, Scott. You may know what you're doing. Wait, well, you just spoke for 27 minutes. What was the question, Mark? You almost made me whip out my joke. That's all the time we have. <laughs> I feel bad. Evan didn't even get a chance to ask a question. Go, Evan, go. I know you want to. But he touched on media, so I know you're going there. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few ways to go. I actually want to start, I think, with with COVID. I mean, things are were obviously flying really high as of 2019 in terms of you know revenue around 17 billion. The whole thing, um, the, the new media deals and the new labor piece are are both great. COVID has been obviously a, a hurdle for every major league, uh, every professional sports franchise, and and every league in the U.S. How do you assess the damage right now financially from COVID? As you said, the NFL played. Every single game it had in the regular season last year, a lot of those in front of zero fans or severely reduced fans. Um, but but give us a sense of, of kind of what the financial impact was of COVID, both in, in the immediacy and what you think if there is kind of a longer tail. Um, the COVID I, it had, had a tremendous impact across the board. Roughly $4 billion in reduced revenue, which is a lot of money. Um, roughly a billion dollars in increased expenses which is a lot of money. Uh, the, um, the, some of the $4 billion, roughly half, the players will absorb because the players are the partners in the league, roughly 50-50. But even that was softened, uh, will be paid at, will, the, the reductions in the salary cap will take place over a year. So last year in 2020, <clears throat> there was no reduction. In player salaries now in 2021, there's a reduction in what the rate of in reduction in what it otherwise would have been. There will be in 22 and 23, uh, and uh, so this was a way of softening the blow on the players. Uh, but no doubt that there was a significant one-year cost. Now, let's take let's fast forward to this year and where we are. The NFL, the NFL got through COVID like Amazon and Apple, they became stronger as a result of how they handled COVID. The NFL separated itself further from virtually all other sports and broadcast properties on a global scale uh, because of the way they handled COVID. And, and that's, where, that's where I come up with the analogy of Apple and Amazon. Let's look at where Amazon was before COVID and where it is today. Let's look at Apple, where it was before COVID. We could look at Alphabet and a few of the other uh, tech companies as well. But just focus on those two brands, Apple and Amazon. They, are, they, they, they became much bigger companies during COVID because of the service they provided 
and because of how well they executed. That's the NFL. That's what the NFL did through COVID. You know how, Mark, you know how analysts will, let's say retail analysts, they'll go to parking lots and see how many are full outside of cars. That's like, that's part of the the, the due diligence that they like to see. Are, Are the parking lots full, whatever. All you need to do in my town anyway, and I'm in New Jersey, all you need to do is go out on recycling day, which is Wednesday. So go out Tuesday night, drive around my town. The number of Amazon boxes that are piled at the curb at every single house, it's unbelievable. If you like, if that's my, that's all I need as an analyst. I don't, I don't need to know anything else. Forget the revenue projections. I know what it is. They're just stocked 10 high at almost every house. So Amazon made people's lives easier during the pandemic. I'm curious, Mark, kind of what you think the 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 what what the NFL did specifically that that made it so much po- more popular or, or just separated itself during the pandemic. Because I see the argument for Amazon. I'm curious how how you kind of separate the NFL from the NHL or the NBA or other leagues in terms of how they handled it and and why they're coming out of the pandemic with kind of a bigger lead than they had two years ago. The the NFL took an approach and and lead is the right word here because the leadership at the NFL really represented itself incredibly well during COVID. And it was led by Roger Goodell. He had a lot of people working with him underneath that all bought into the, 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 the plan. But the plan was everything takes place as it would in a regular season. It will take place on time. They will adapt, adjust, and stay up to date on everything medical, and they will use the absolute best medical people, scientists, testing programs, protocols, and will change them from week to week, from game to game, from day to day, if they could get better. And the Players Association jumped on board and bought into it also, which was vital, the coaches, the the owners. And everybody knew this was going to be an unusual year. It wasn't going to be the typical year where everything had to, the competitive balance had to be exactly equal. And everybody bought into it early on in March and and April. And it was kicked off by that draft. How are we ever going to forget that draft? That the the draft that, that, uh, 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 where Roger was in the basement of his home and we had a virtual draft. And people watched like crazy. And then the games took place on time. So he needs, who needs all the pomp and circumstance? Moving forward, Roger, pull up a chair in your basement. We're all hanging out. Don't be <laughs> we don't, need, we don't need to go in this play. Make it easy. Cut down on one business trip per year. No, no need to go to the draft. I was at the Super Bowl. I, I, I know there weren't that many people there. I was at the Super Bowl. There's, there is no substitute for being there. They did a phenomenal job there. And look at the TV ratings during the season. They were excellent. They got better. And what was the end result? New broadcast deals after the season was over that eclipsed the existing deals by tremendous amounts with a lot of value retained by the NFL. Like, for example, a seven year out, uh, which depends so that the NFL will gain value if streaming becomes a, a much bigger deal. If there are other other ways of delivering the games, look at face, look at the social media engagements, tremendous and look at what the new industry in our in our in our industry sports gambling how much focus they have on the nfl as well those are some of the reasons why you can and the results of where the nfl is post-covid 
We're speaking with Mark Gannis, advisor to the NFL. And Mark, staying on the media topic, the NFL is exploring a potential sale or minority stake in its owned media properties, including NFL Network, NFL.com, its NFL app. I'm curious what you think, one, what do you think the value there might be? And two, if that ends up in with, with an Amazon type thing, if you think that's a, a different company, a, a traditional broadcaster, what do you think the end result is from a partnership or an investor standpoint? Well, first, it's, it's not assured that it will happen. Uh, it, it's in an exploratory stage right now. Um, and then there are also questions in the exploratory stage as to what assets the NFL actually puts in uh, to the package. Uh, and so those are, those are all being explored right now. So there's a lot of analysis being done. But if you look at what um, new ventures uh, or ventures that, that have intellectual property that is meaningful, if not as strong as the NFL's, um, uh, what their valuations have been, it's not a stretch to see something like, like this have a valuation in a reasonably short period of time in the tens of billions of dollars. Well, speaking of valuations, hold on. Speaking of valuations, you want to take it away, Evan? You know, you know we are, we are uh, earlier in the week, uh, Kurt uh, Badenhausen put out his NFL valuations. And again, of course, they, they lead the way. They are the gold standard. Um, we see other leagues, Mark, allowing for private equity investment, mainly because one, people need liquidity. You know, coming out of COVID, maybe the core business wasn't what it was, but mainly because the price of the assets has gotten so high, and we saw this with the Panthers when they were were being sold, that there just aren't that many people who can cut the check. Do we think it's okay? We all we all take those calls. Do we think that perhaps the NFL might join, let's say, MLB, the NBA, MLS, in allowing private equity or private capital into the league? Not right now. Um, I, I, this is a wait and see how the other leagues do and how it impacts them. Um, you know, it, 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 your, your, Scott, your analysis is spot on. Many of the other teams in other leagues um, needed liquidity. Uh, both as a result of COVID and as a result of some business operations or, or other ventures that they wanted to get into, development of facilities, things like that. Um, the NFL is uh, in a different position. Uh, the NFL has an artificially low debt ceiling that it allows per club. It is done, and, and that is intentional. Uh, and it was an artificially low debt ceiling before COVID. Um, and they then increased it. They raised by, 100, by $150 million, 14 purposes. And that's all the NFL had to do. They didn't have to go and try and get limited partners. All they did was internally change one regulation and the banks couldn't be happier to lend money to the NFL. And even with that increase, Fitch's ratings are the same as they have been. So the NFL has a lot more runway if it wants to do things by allowing a little more debt um, than the other leagues do. And the NFL cash flows. Every team in the NFL has a positive cash flow. Uh, that's not the same in every in in the other teams in the league. Uh, so they uh, they they found a way to to uh, adapt for for COVID um, in a very simple way. What we just discussed. Uh, and so um, although there are some uh, you know there's some view within the league that uh, that you know the LP type you know private equity arrangements that they're allowing that other sports leagues are allowing uh, is something to explore. There's no urgency right now. There's no need 
right now. Uh, and we'll see what the future holds. Certainly the league will, the NFL will be looking at what the other leagues do and how it impacts them. We don't know how it's going to impact them because this is just going in. Remember, private equity is not just what, what, what the deal is going in, but they need exit strategies to pay back their investors. So it, I think it'll, it'll be a little time before we, uh, we have uh, a final analysis on, on that. That'll be sufficient for the league to go forward. It's funny, Mark. I feel like that little segment there, the, there's no urgency. The NFL can sit back and watch what other leagues do could be applied to so many aspects of the sports business, right? I mean, that's what the NFL did with sports betting. Crypto, it took its time. Right? The NFL it's told, it's doing the, the NFL right told now with teams to blockchain and NFT for sure. Um, there's uh, jerseys on the uh, advertising on the jerseys, right? The NFL could right. be, could happen in the future, but they're certainly not going to be the first and they're going to watch what happens with the NHL and the NBA and maybe Major League Baseball. It seems as though that is really kind of part of the, the benefit of being the 500 pound gorilla in the room is that for things like this, you can just watch and see what other leagues do. And if it works and it makes sense for you guys, great. And if it doesn't, you, you never even had mm -hmm. to try it. Evan, you're, you're exactly right. Let's look at the example of fantasy of, of fantasy sports. Then look at sports gambling. The NFL act was not did not jump in, even though they're the big dog when it comes to gambling, sports gambling as well. They, they sat back even even right now with the deals that they've done. These are still modest compared to what the NFL can do if it chooses to in the future. So they, 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 because of how strong they are on a management level, because of how strong the NFL is on, on an ownership uh, basis, because of how strong they are on a financial basis, uh, and because of the, relate, the great relationship, business relationship that exists with the players, where effectively the players are their 50-50 partners, and that makes the players incredibly wealthy also. They can, they can wait and look and analyze and then do things that are best in class where, where they can. And that's, by the way, but let me give you an alternative to that. Let me give you one they're going to do ahead of other leagues. They're doing something in international. Um, they're, they, they're taking, they're taking proposals in now for international home markets where the league is going to allow individual teams to, uh, be able to take other markets, Berlin, London, Toronto, and have them be as if they're part of their 75 mile radius. And by doing that, they're, 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 they're going to let the teams build international interest in the NFL rather than it all having to be done at the league offices. It's a great idea. They're going to lead on this. Um, the NBA has been way ahead of everybody else on international, um, and uh, but they've done it on a league basis. Now the NFL is doing it on a team basis. I expect we're going to see that copied by some of the other teams and other leagues rather. You may indeed see a Sportico story about that very idea, Mark. And, and I'm curious, <laughs> looking at the at the global landscape, what are the areas that you think are, are, are the hottest markets right now for, for NFL teams internationally? I would imagine Canada and Mexico, just for proximity's sake. I know Germany, Australia. Give us a sense of kind of what the, what the, what the big hot markets are right now. Uh, hey, Evan, you, you know I love to tell my David Stern, Timpu Bhutan story. I'll bet you there's no <laughs> NFL team rushing to make a bid on Bhutan. <laughs> Probably not. Um, not. I haven't heard of that one. I haven't. I haven't heard. I don't even know where that is. I apologize, Scott. I'm well, sure you'll love this story, Mark. You'll love this. This. Is, I mean, now we're going back. I, I, I'd like to say thirty years because, but my God, that's only 1990. It could have been earlier. But David Stern loved to tell the story that he was visiting Bhutan. It's a one-stop light town, you know. <laughs> and they took him to an internet cafe, and lo and behold, there was a young kid on the computer on the Kobe Bryant page. Wow. And it just hit him like a pound of bricks. Like, wow, look at the impact we have. I, I'm, I'm in Bhutan. 
And this kid wants to know about Kobe Bryant. It sort of was, that was his North Star. Never forget that this kid across the planet still wants to know about Kobe Bryant. Well, and David, David had a way of looking at things that, uh, you know, the rest of us are, are amateurs. He, he saw the big picture and uh, we miss him terribly. Uh, I know we, we all know him and uh, knew him and we miss him terribly. But back to, the, to, to Evan's question about markets. Um, the, uh, London, obviously the UK is, is the, is, is the primary market. Uh, but the NFL has done a great job on that on a league basis, Germany, a number of the cities in Germany, Canada, it's not just one, one, one region, Canada, you'll have Western Canada, central Canada, you'll have the Toronto area, you'll have Montreal, Mexico, South America. Don't underestimate South America here, Brazil in particular, uh, Australia, high level of interest in Australia, high level of interest in Japan. Uh, as well, there would have been in China, but it's 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 kind of a hinky time uh, for 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 American businesses to uh, be looking at at expanding uh, into uh, into China. Uh, but those are those are some of the markets right there uh, that we've talked about: I, I, Ireland, Italy. You're going to see you're going to see competition. You're going to see in some cases multiple teams um, uh, getting getting the rights to a single market. And if this is going to be fun to watch. Uh, we'll see how the creativity of the teams themselves uh, will be able to help expand the NFL uh, in international markets. If you were to have asked me about one thing that maybe is a, is a setback for the NFL relative to other leagues, I would have said that the, the sport just isn't played in other parts of the world in the same way that maybe hockey or basketball or baseball are. Um, I'm curious wh- how you think about the, the NFL's international potential, given the fact that it's not a sport that millions and millions and millions of people around the globe grow up playing already. That's, that's always going to be a challenge. Uh, and, and NFL football is, is a difficult sport to, uh, to, to actually put on in different places from equipment to training, to medical, to education, the number of, the number of people that it takes. It's, it is, uh, that is, that is always a challenge. But on the other side, what you've got is you've got the greatest American sport. You've got great spectacle, um, with, with the NFL. You've got a sport in places that have a lot of gambling. You've got a sport that is very well um, uh, attuned to that. Um, you've got a sport that has a lot of inside uh, video and sounds uh, and things like that that make it, that allows um, uh, uh, people to, to get a, a real feel for the game. The broadcasters have been phenomenal. And uh, you know, the, I, I want to tell you, you know, you guys, uh, you know, Scott knows I used to travel to China a lot on business and. HSBC was big in, in China and Hong Kong. They used to ha- have a lot of airport advertising. And there was one that I remember to this day. And they would have um, HSBC and they'd have three pictures, a soccer ball, a rugby ball, and an NFL football. And that what the caption was, was that this is football in, in, in different parts of the world because they were trying to promote themselves as they handle all of that. And they understand the, the differences. But that's, that, that, that's the case here. There, there, there are differences. Rugby is probably the closest uh, to NFL football, and uh, that will be, and that that actually is growing internationally. And I think that that will serve the NFL well, also. Yeah, Mark, we'll get you ahead here on this. I think also what you've got is a world without borders. Technology has erased borders, and you've got pipes and delivery systems. Um, and you said broadcasting. And if we look ahead as to where the future of that medium is, I don't think we're going to say broadcasting anymore. We're narrow casting. People want 
a certain slice. They want it delivered how they want it, where they want to watch it, how they want it. And the NFL has tinkered with that in, in sort of um, like kid theme broadcasts and there'll be betting theme and there's coaches. Th- and I'm going to be able to pick what I want. It's an a la carte offering and the technology and its ability to scale around the world. Why limit yourself? I say this all the time. Why you li- limit yourself to 80,000 seats, right? Most <laughs> You've got a global world out there. You want get the eyeballs and figure out how to monetize. That's what technology will enable the NFL to do. You're, you're exactly right about that. It's called direct-to-consumer. And we are going to see a lot more direct-to-consumer uh, approaches by the NFL. Uh, some will be domestic, I, I expect. Uh, significant will be international. Uh, and, uh, you know, people talked about this last TV deal as, uh, you know, why did the NFL stay with the old technology of linear broadcasting? Um, you know, was this the last gasp of, for linear I don't think it is the last gasp. It is still the one place where hundreds of millions of people can go to at the same time and watch the same thing. Um, but it, it, there is no doubt that there will be more that will be peeling off. Remember, I talked about the seven year out. You may see more peeled off. You may see some, some of the, some other aspects in the next couple of years go more direct to consumer domestically and internationally. There is no doubt. That is where the future needs to be, um, because you don't need to take a block of prime time in Germany, by way of example, to get to your core 3 million fans. You can get to your 3 million fans and 4 million, 5 million directly and don't have to do a deal with a major broadcaster to get there. That's that is the future. You're absolutely right. And the NFL is very focused on that future. Mark, you are either incredibly long-winded or we enjoyed the conversation because I'm looking at my countdown clock here. and This is longer than we usually go. This is like seven or eight minutes longer than we usually go. So... Uh, you know, I'm not. I'll let the people decide which one of those you know was the reason. But I think oh, I you know, Mark, with the social C. media. I don't want to see the social media answer to that. <laughs> uh, Eben, I, I hear a poll. Guilty. He, guilty. he <laughs> is Eben Novi Williams on the Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnik on the Twitter at Soshnik. Our social media editor Cor Veltman reminds you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of what will soon become emphasis on soon the Sportical Podcast Network. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.